Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Anyways, uh, I love, love, love your family. I want to preach about purity today. Uh, If you were here last week, probably one of the most, if you weren't here, one of the most impactful messages I may have brought you, at least in a very long time, about the uh, spirit of the age that's attacking our culture. Uh, we are not an activist kind of church. We're not a picket line kind of church. We're just not ever going to be uh, that kind of place. But there is a red line. Uh, there, can I get a better amen? There is a red line. I'll give you the red line. If you're wondering what mine is, I'm not telling you this has to be yours. I'm just telling you mine and our church. Jesus would have dinner with sinners. Jesus allowed a prostitute to wash his feet with her hair. Jesus was called a friend of sinners. I'm not, I'm not condoning or saying anything about that, but I will tell you what Jesus said. There, there were some children who had come to him and the disciples had tried to shoo away children. And he said, let me tell you something. If you offend one of these little ones, it would be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck at the bottom of the sea. So the red line in my life is my baby. Say amen to that. When they're coming after our children, my brothers and sisters. I don't know how else to tell you that as plainly as I can. Uh, They're coming after our children, and we have to create homes that are safe and pure for our children. Say amen. So if you weren't here, a couple of weeks ago we talked about, the first week we talked about hungering and thirsting for righteousness. We said we're not just Christian families, we are a Christ-centered home. And then last week I preached about the, the corruption, the leaven of the spirit of the age in our families. This week I'm back to the Beatitudes. If you have your Bibles, Matthew 5, Jesus is teaching in Matthew 5. This is what we commonly call the Beatitudes, but it's really eight blessings. It's more than Beatitudes, more than an attitude to have. It's really the blessings promised to those who have this posture in their heart. Uh, and they all began with the phrase, blessed are. Blessed are the, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are, you, you know this, you've seen this. There are eight Beatitudes in uh, Matthew 5. And uh, I want to I walk through one of them uh, with you about protection and purity. Now, We are in the great nation of Texas. Always gets a good amen. Best amen I get all day long is when I say something like that. I am not from Texas. I've been here about 13 years. Uh, I am from the deep south, uh, but I got here as quick as I possibly could. And uh, in the state of Texas, one thing I know is that we have what is called the Castle Doctrine. If you're not familiar... Or if you're one of our new neighbors who just got here from the West Coast, welcome to Texas. Everybody, most people around you, whether here, H-E-B, Walmart, or anywhere else, are packing. I, uh, I hate to break it to you, but uh, I just realized really quickly nobody was going to defend my home but me. Nobody was going to take care of my house with me. So you say, well, pastor, I thought you were a pastor. I can't believe you talk like that. Listen, I'm holy, but I'm also a little hood. I'm just a, li- I'm a little bit hood. And you come roll up at my house after dark, and I don't know you, and you don't identify. Brother's coming out like this. <laughs> Who are you? What you doing? Brother may have one in his truck he rolls through. Are y'all with me, everybody, on this? I'm going to protect. I'm not, I love our law enforcement. We have a church full of law enforcement. I thank God for you. I'm going to call you, but I'm going to call you while I'm defending my family. Are y'all with me? I'm going to let you know, hey, you need to come pick somebody up. They're on my front porch, okay? Because I'm going to protect my home. Are you there, everybody? 
And most people understand that. They're like, yeah, that's exactly what we do. Yeah, that's what I'm called to do. I'm called to protect my home. no, No, I don't want any harm to come to my children. No harm to come to my family. But listen to me. Some of us are very, very protective physically. And we've allowed stuff into our hearts. And we're not protecting the hearts of our family at all. And you're left wide open to the world. Like leaving a door open at night saying, come into our home and into our children. And the Bible addresses this in Matthew 5 and verse 8. If you have your Bibles, turn there. If you don't, look on the screen. Matthew 5 and 8. The last beatitude, Jesus starts like this. Blessed are the, everybody say this next phrase. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. How many of you want to see God in every area of your life? I want to see God in my children. I want to see God's hand in my marriage. I want to see God's hand in my finances. And there is a responsibility I have and you have and our families have to purity. Everybody say purity. I want to talk about being pure in heart today. Now this is a little old-fashioned preaching. If you don't like that, you're going to hate me probably and you're probably going to hate today. But I want to help us all together. I want to help us get better together. Probably one of the worst pieces of advice you could ever give and the worst piece of advice you could ever receive is follow your heart. Some people come to me, not y'all, but people in the first service and they'll go, Pastor, I really just feel like I need to follow my heart in this, you know. Well, Pastor, you know, I've been thinking about making this decision and really this is what my heart's telling me I should do in this. Pastor, you know, I really, I, I, know that, I know that she's not saved. I know that he doesn't go to church. I know that this isn't right. But, you know, my heart's just all in on this relationship. And I just want to follow my heart in that. And I got to tell you, listen, right on the beginning of this message, I got to look you in the eye and tell you, the worst thing you could possibly do in your life is follow your heart. You were not meant To follow your heart. I'll tell you why. Write this down in your notes if you're taking notes today. If you're not taking notes today, why in the world would you not take notes in church? Write this down in your notes. Without Jesus, there is no such thing as a good heart. Without Jesus, without a God-centered life, without a Christ-centered experience, without a biblical worldview, without spirit-led living, there is no such thing as a Good. Well, you just don't know they got a good heart. Well, Pastor, they got a good heart. Well, I mean, you just don't. I mean, I know that you know it doesn't look, but they, you know, they got a good. Well, I'm just following my heart. I'm from the deep south. I'm from uh, Arkansas. That's where this good accent comes from. And in the deep south, we have a unique spiritual gift that I have, and that many in my tribe have, to insult you while smiling. It goes like this. Look at them. Bless her heart. Now, if you from where I'm from in the deep south and somebody says, bless your heart, they are not blessing you. They're saying without saying, Lord Jesus, that thing's ugly. My God, look at them. Dear Lord, what's wrong with their hair? I cannot believe she wore that. What is happening with them right now? Their kids are absolute hellions. Instead of saying all of that, we just say, Bless her heart. (laughs) Lord, bless her heart. If somebody ever comes, you listen to me. Look at me. Look at me in the eyes. Men, listen to me. If you have to say things like this to the girl you're dating, you know, she's got a good heart. (laughs) Be careful. Everybody knows what that means. He's got a good heart. He's got a good heart means he don't have a good job. 
Your heart can't be trusted. You can't. It's impossible to have a good heart if you don't have a Christ-centered, fully surrendered, God-first heart. I'll show it to you in God's Word. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things. The heart, you need to write this down. You need to underline this in your Bible when you think, man, what would my heart tell me to do? I don't care what my heart says because my heart's deceitful above all things. And listen, it's beyond cure. Who can understand it? Who can really know what's going on on the inside of my heart? Verse 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind. So that I can reward each person according to their conduct, listen, and according to their deeds. Jesus, God connects in Jeremiah 17. He connects your deeds and your behavior to your. In another passage, the Bible says it like this. As a man thinks in his, so is he. In other words, everything in my life, the issues of my life flow out of my heart and my heart is deceitful. It leads me the wrong way. Every night about 10.30, my heart leads me to the pantry, to the top shelf, right behind where we keep all the other goodies and my heart leads me to the center row of three rows of double stuffed Oreos. Yes, sir. This is an amening church. Keep raising that baby just like that. I'll preach with somebody like that. Oreos. My heart leads me there. Listen to me. My heart burn hates me at about midnight. But about 10 o'clock, my heart leads me the wrong way. I've never met somebody caught up in an affair who said, Yeah, I just... No, they always say, My heart. Oh, Pastor, you don't know. My heart was... Ah, my heart was... Heart was broken here. My heart got tied up with this at work. My heart, listen to me, your heart's out for one thing and it's you. My heart's out for one thing and it's me. It's whatever I want. It's the most selfish part of you. It's out for my opinion, my pleasure, my desire, my time, my thoughts. My money. It's selfish. It is only concerned with whatever it wants, when it wants it, how it wants it. Now listen to me. How can you follow God? How can you be a selfless person on mission, on purpose, following the Lord and still follow something that's only concerned with you? How can you, how can you live your life and only follow the thing that is concerned about doing whatever feels good, whatever sounds good, Whatever looks good. At some point, listen to me, look into my eyes. At some point, you're going to have to mature enough to know, I can't trust my heart. i got to trust the Spirit of God in my life. There are decisions I'm going to make. There are choices I'm faced with. There are things in my life where I wish I could trust me, but I can't be trusted. There are times as a leader, times as a father, times as a husband when I go, well, this is what my heart says, but it can't be trusted. So I go to God and I say, Holy Spirit, my heart can't be trusted in this moment. Tell me what I need to do in this moment. And I live my life as best I can, Spirit-led, because my heart can't be trusted. Say amen to that. I got good news for you. Not only is your heart deceitful and wicked in all of its ways and no one can know it, but it can get worse. (laughs) That's the good news. (laughs) It can get worse. 
You're saying it can get worse and deceitful. Oh, yeah, it has the ability. You're born. Somebody said, well, pastor, we're all born good people. You're not born good people. The Bible says you're born in sin and shapen in iniquity. You're not born bad, but you're born bad off. You're born with a sin nature. I'm born with a sin nature. Because of what Adam and Eve did, we're fallen. Our hearts are deceitful from the time we are born. That's, by the way, that's why you need to be born again. So your heart is reborn after your God, not after your own flesh and what you want to do. But it's bad enough and it can get worse. You can corrupt your heart. You can actually, and you can take things into your life that make it darker. You know, the old adage says, you are what you, you are what you, some of y'all are brisket. <laughs> I'm, I'm an Oreo. Some of y'all, if you are, some of y'all are coffee. Come on, somebody. You got to bring it to church with you. Put it in your little Yeti. 75 minutes, you're the thirstiest people I've ever met in all of my life. Just going to dehydrate if you don't have your little coffee with you right there. Some of you pretend that you are coffee. You're really just like sugar flavored like coffee. <laughs> I'm going to start something today. Listen, you are what you eat. Here's another, here's another way to say it. I am what I allow. Let me say it to, to, to like this. The heart of your home, look at me. The heart of your family, the heart of your children, the heart of your, your marriage, the heart of your house is a combination. I didn't put it on the screen, but you need to write it down. Our heart is a combination of what you allow and what you tolerate. It's a, it's a combination of what I've allowed into my home, into my family, into my mind, into my thoughts, and what I've tolerated. In other words, some stuff you've chosen, some stuff you've just chosen not to choose. Some stuff you've said yes some stuff you haven't said anything and it's made its way in. Let me say it better like this. The stuff inside of your heart is going to be there by design or by default. There's going to be stuff you, you purposefully fill your mind with, fill your heart with, fill your family with. And there's going to be some stuff that just creeps in. It, you've allowed in. You, it, it can get, listen to me, your heart can be corrupted even further. I'll show it to you in God's word. Ephesians 4 and 18. The Bible says it like this. They are darkened. In their understanding. You see that? They are darkened in their understanding. In other words, it's bad, but it can get darker and it's become darker in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them due to what? The hardening of their what? You can get darker in your heart. You can find a place where you've allowed stuff in your heart impure things, things that shouldn't be there, and they get darker. Verse 19, having lost, here's a hard one. This is going to be difficult. Verse 19, having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of, what's the word? I'm preaching about purity today. You've darkened your understanding. You've darkened your understanding. We live in Texas and it's bright all the time. All the time. It's bright when it's not even bright. It's bright when it's cloudy. Do y'all know what I'm saying here? That we have a unique sun. We live underneath an open heaven. I don't know what it is, but anyway, it's, it's bright all the time. And I wear glasses. I've worn glasses since I was a little boy. And I don't like to have the little flips on my glasses. You know what I mean? For sunglasses. 
I'm not saying I won't. I ain't saying it ain't cool. I'm just saying right now I don't do that. So I walk around outside all the time blind, you know, just eyes, just closed like this. Just, it's so bright all the time. Just, I just give Brandy my arm. Just walk me where I'm supposed to go. Not long ago, we were walking outside just so bright. And, I'm just in, and we walk into a movie theater. We're going to go see a movie, and it's pitch black inside the movie theater. And you know what happens when you first walk in, and you've been outside, and it's really bright, and then you walk in, and it's really dark. You stand there a moment for your eyes to... Okay, now I can see. Look, listen to me. Your eyes can adjust to darkness, and so can your heart. So here's the question of the day. What have you adjusted to? In your family, in the culture and ethos of your marriage and your family and your children, what have you adjusted to? If your heart can get darker, and it can, the Bible says it can, what, what darkness have you allowed in? What, what have you adjusted your eyes to and adjusted your life to? I'm, I'm going to preach a little bit. Listen, I'm going to meddle. I'm going to get back to preaching, but I'm going to meddle for like three minutes. Is that okay with everybody? If I meddle, I'm going to do it anyway. You might as well say okay to it. And for just, for just a moment, listen to me. You, you do whatever you want. I'm not your boss. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm just telling you, you, what have you allowed into your home? Do you allow your 10-year-old to have a smartphone with unlimited access to the Internet? There's a darkening. Are you with me, everybody? There's a darkening. Wait, well, how am I going to know where they're at? How did mama know where we were? I grew up in the best generation, 80s and 90s. God blessed us. More than he blessed anybody else, he blessed our generation. Mama didn't know where I was. When mama left the house at summer break, she looked at me in my eyes and she threatened my life. She says, boy, I'm going to work. Your daddy's already gone to work. You're responsible for your little brother. You can do a couple of things. You're going to clean this house. You're going to watch Flintstones. And you're going to eat SpaghettiOs. I'll be back at 3 o'clock. If the house ain't clean, if the door's unlocked, if you've messed up, I'm going to kill you. I literally believe she was going to take my life from me, everybody. She didn't check in with me. She didn't have Life 360. Some of y'all been tracking all your people and Life 360 and everybody. There's something wrong with that, by the way. Just in case. All the married folks, y'all need counseling if you've got to track him going to Starbucks. Anyway, you got you got Life 360. How am I going to know where they're at? You, but don't be separated from them. How's that? I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not telling you that the world's not changed. I'm just saying, do they really need unlimited access to social media at 14? No. Do they really need unlimited access? Do you really need your 15-year-old little girl to date somebody you've never met before in the backseat of a car? No. You do whatever you want in your family. I'm just telling you. There's some stuff we've adjusted to that hasn't been good. It's darker than it used to be. It's darker than it used to be. What are you spending money on? Are you giving them money for movies you've never seen? Are you get- we still in our home. We still when, when my kids say, Mama, can I watch? After I do. Because I want to know, I want to know, I want to know, I want to guard purity in our home. I want to know, are we spending money on music? Oh, it's just music. I don't, I don't like their kind of music. I'll just let them listen to whatever they want to. No! Don't let them listen to whatever they want to. Don't let them fill their minds with that. Video games. Listen, I'm just, this, I'm almost done with meddling. I'm going to get back to preaching. Video games with first person shooting. You listen to me. Over 80% of all mass murders in America can be traced back to Caucasian males who played first person violent video games. I'm just telling, I'm not preaching this video game. I'm not telling you it's wrong. I'm just saying we have adjusted our eyes to darkness. We've adjusted our eyes to darkness. 
and we'll guard our families with guns, but we won't guard our homes from impurity. The Bible said, blessed are the... I can do whatever I want, Pastor. I'm grown. You are. Well, I'm saved. I can do it. You know, I, I can handle I can do whatever I want. Here, you, you are. Here's all, I just take this for what it's worthless. I want you to love me. I really want you to love me. I, I need to be liked. I, I, I really do. I want you to love me. But I got to tell you the truth more than I want you to like me, everybody. And here's the truth. Write this in your notes. You cannot build a life of righteousness on a foundation of sin. Write it down. You cannot build a life of righteousness on a foundation of sin. You cannot hope for righteousness in your children when you've built a foundation of sin in your home. You cannot hope for righteousness in your marriage when you've built a foundation of pornography in your marriage. You cannot build a life of righteousness when you've built it on a foundation of sin. Are you with me, everybody? Some people I know, not y'all, but people in first service, some Christians I know, they don't believe God's Word when it says like this, that as long as time exists, and this will be a, it's a law of God, as long as time exists, there will be seed time and there will be harvest. And whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also. And I've met Christians who plant bad seeds and then pray for crop failure. Let me, let me tell it to you like this. They plant tomatoes in the ground. Here's the tomatoes. It's a tomato seed. It's a tomato plant. I dug it out for tomatoes. I did the soil for tomatoes. I watered tomatoes. But when I realized tomatoes were sprouting, I go, God, give me watermelons. Please, God, I don't like tomatoes. Please, God, save my tomatoes. God, right now, transform my tomatoes in Jesus' name. Shatayabo, tomato, become watermelon. And tomatoes will be tomatoes as long as you plant tomatoes. And some of us are planting impurity in our home and declaring righteousness. And it doesn't work that way. Whatever you sow is what you. So let's build families on purity. Let's not allow impurity into our home and then pray that God would save the impurity. No, let's just decide I'm going to plant the things I want. I want faithful children. I'm going to plant faithfulness in them. I want the blessing of God on their finances. I'm going to plant tithing in them. I want them to pray. I'm going to teach them how to pray. I want them to serve. I'm going to teach them how to serve. I want them to put God first. I'm not missing Sunday service. Are you with me, everybody? I got to plant the stuff I want. You can't build a life of righteousness on a foundation of sin in your life. So let me give you three ways to create a culture of purity in your home, and I'm done. I never tell, it's not a good idea to tell you how many I've got because some of y'all are counting down. But I'm giving you three, so you can count down. It's Memorial Day. Number one, how to create a culture of purity in your family. Number one, write these in your notes get your own heart right. Families, moms, dads, we're the adults. Get your own heart right. Do the hard work in your own life. Realize you are in charge. I told you this last week. I'll tell you again this week. We don't have a democracy in the Rose household. We are not a democratic republic in the Rose household. They don't get votes. We don't take silent ballots. We don't have election day. In the Rose household, we are an absolute monarchy. And Jesus is king. And daddy is dictator. And mama is prime minister and she's kind of in charge. 
<laughs> Same in your home, don't lie. <laughs> you know, that's true. I'm in Well, what am I going to do? I mean, they're 10. Well, what do you want me to do, Pastor? They're 13. I don't know. Them jokers ain't got a job, money, wheels. What do you mean, what are you going to do? You're in charge. I'm guarding purity in my home. Say amen to that, everybody. I'm getting my own heart right. I'm looking in the mirror going, it's you. You got to pray if you want praying kids. You got to be faithful. You got to have joy. You got to treat your mama right. You got to do, are you with me, everybody? I worked for 24 years. I'm entering my 24th year of vocational ministry. I've given my whole life, more of my life to ministry than I, than I was out of ministry. And for the first 16, 17 years of my ministry before we planted this church, I worked for other really large churches as an executive pastor, and I loved it. I loved being able to do it because when things didn't go right at the churches I would work at and I was on staff at, I would say, well, my pastor's dumb. I just, I don't know what else to tell you. You know, this is just the way it is because I wasn't in charge. And every bad thing that happened, I could say, well, it's his fault. Well, it's his fault. I don't know. That, they the one came up with this. I don't know. I just work here. I don't know what to do. Here, here. the problem with that is about seven and a half years ago, I started this church with my wife. And not long after I started this church, I found problems that I didn't like. And I looked around on who I could blame. And really quickly I realized... I'm the dummy that other people work for now. And they're blaming, saying, well, it's my pastor's fault. It's them. I had to accept responsibility. Whatever it is that I don't like, it stops with me. Moms and dads, listen to me. Husbands and wives, listen to me. It starts and stops with us. We got to get our own heart right. You have to decide. I'm going to be a tour guide, not a travel agent. I teach this to our teams often. A tour guide takes you to places. He shows you this is the best restaurant. Nobody knows about this. This is an underground place to go. All the locals eat here. A travel agent sits back in the America and he just points and he goes, man, you should go there and you should go there and you should go there. And some people have decided to be travel agents with purity and righteousness in their home. You should go to church. You should tithe. You you should serve. You should pray. You should get your heart right. But tour guides say, no, come on, follow me. We're going to church together. Come on, come with me. We're going to prayer meeting. Come on, this is how we give our best to God. This is what we're doing. I'm going to get my own heart right first. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart because everything you do flows from your heart. You've got to be right if you want kids to follow right. A little bit of lie won't work. Not long ago, my little girl turned 11. I was expecting some claps, but anyway, she, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Really for just my, my safety. <laughs> we were at a restaurant. This is an honest mistake, honest before God. I did not mean to do this. I didn't mean to lie. I promise I did. But we're ordering, Brandy orders, I order. Kids order, and the, and, and the girl looks, she, she said, well, how, how old are the kids? Are they 10 and under? I said, oh, yeah. yeah. They're 10 and under. My little girl, listen, nothing to keep you honest like a little Holy Ghost girl. You hear me on this? Little kids, little things. She pointed her finger. She said, no, daddy, I'm 11. I'm not 10. You got to pay for a full meal.
I wasn't lying. I just forgot, okay? I forgot. Daddy's tired, okay? He forgot you were 14. Listen, a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of lying doesn't work. You got to some stuff's obvious. Don't swap wives. I'm just going to let you sit in that for a moment. <laughs> Go home with whoever you came with today. Don't travel with the opposite sex for business. Brandy and I have very strict. I don't meet with women alone. I, we, we, I don't have, don't hang out with drinking buddies when you're trying to get sober. There's some stuff that's pretty obvious, but there's other stuff you say, well, I'm just going to let my conscience guide me. That sounds okay until you realize your conscience is getting darker. Get your heart right. Well, pastor, I didn't even notice that that, that movie had so much cussing in it. You should have. Well, it just doesn't bother me. Look at me. Some stuff should start bothering you. It should start bothering you. I, I, I told you, I, 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 my red line is my family. We're not an activist church. If you came here today, I promise you, we're not a picket line. We're just not that kind of people. Never, ever, ever going to be that kind of people. I don't believe God's called me to that. But I am telling you this, that recently, over the last couple of weeks, I've drawn a line in the sand because they're after my children. There's a store not far from here that rhymes with Sargat. Do whatever you want to do. I'm not telling you. We're not, we're not organizing boy. We don't do that. I'm just telling you, for me and this house, my children are the red line. There's some stuff that should bother you. There's some stuff you go, that's not okay. I'm not okay with this. I'm not t- I, know, I, I get it. I know, if, you know we'd be hermits and we wouldn't buy from anybody. I get it. I'm just saying, whatever your line is, you've got to have a line somewhere. There's just something that should bother you. There's some jokes that should bother you. There's some racist things that should bother you. There's some sexist things that should bother you. There's some stuff that isn't funny, it's sin. There's some stuff that your friends should bother you. The thoughts that race through your mind should bother you. The stuff on television or that you stream should bother you. The stuff you read should bother you. The games you watch should bother you. The language you use should bother you. You've got to guard your own heart. Can I get a better amen? Number two. I'm almost done. See, I'm halfway there. Number two. You got you to get your heart right first. Number two. You got to parent to the heart. Now, I don't preach a lot about parenting because I'm still right in the middle of it. But this is a principle Randy and I did learn early on. We've actually led several, several small groups for years now leading through a curriculum called Parenting on Purpose. And one of the principles we learned early on when we had just Hazel is parenting to their heart. Let me give you the opposite the most parents parent to the actions, okay? Parenting to your actions means don't do this, don't do that. Here's the rules, follow the rules. Long as you follow the rules, everything's going to be okay here. And I get it. And I just told you there got to be rules and lines and boundaries in your family. I understand that. But that doesn't mean their heart's been changed. And there's some children, look at me in my eyes, there's some teenagers, there's some children, there may be even families in this room that your children are conforming but they've never been transformed. They're conforming to your rules, but their hearts aren't transformed by the power of God. And I'm not after conformity, and I don't think God's after conformity. I think He's after transformation. And and the way that you achieve that, the way I think you achieve that as a parent, is that we parent to the heart. 1 Samuel 16 and 7 says, The Lord doesn't look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the... Jesus, when He was teaching, He would say it like this, You've heard it say that thou shalt not kill. 
But I tell you, if you hate someone, if you have hatred in your heart, you've already committed murder. You've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But I tell you, if you look on a person, man, a woman, in lust in your heart, you've committed adultery in your heart. You, you, you may be abstaining physically, but you got a parent to the heart. The biggest parenting mistakes we can make, and I say we, we're still doing it. Brandy and I haven't figured this out. I, listen, I, just because I'm pouring out what I have to you doesn't mean I have everything you need. I'm just pouring out everything I have. We cannot just focus outwardly. Write it down like this. I didn't put it on the screens, but you need to write this down. If you've got kids, especially kids in the home, your kids can have an outward submission and an inward rebellion. Some of you, this was your story, by the way. As a teenager, as a 20-something, you, oh, you, you did the thing you were supposed to, but inside there was rebellion. Parent to the heart. Parent to the heart. Parent to the heart. Baby, God's after your heart. Baby, we don't lie not so you won't get spanked. We don't lie because God can't be mocked. God sees your heart. God knows the truth. You parent to the heart. God, what, what, what made you lose your temper like that? What's going on in your heart? Apologize to your brother and sister. Well, they may do it. Fine. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings, you big baby. <laughs> they did it. Their heart didn't change. Are you with me, everybody? Parent to the heart. I'm just, giving you, I'm just giving you three ways to create purity in your family. Get your own heart right. Parent to the heart of our children. By the way, that's what we're doing this summer. Let me just give you a little plug. It's why summer blast matters. If you've got kids from kindergarten through fifth grade, our version of Vacation Bible School is going to be dynamic. I walked in on a practice the other day. Te tears in my eyes. Because children on the stage, given they're all dancing, just... You say, well, that's just crazy kid stuff. No, no, no. That's heart transformation. There are going to be kids on these seats you're sitting on on Summer Blast who are going to say yes to Jesus. It's why my middle schooler is going to middle school camp. Because I want her heart. I could make her do anything. I could make her come to church here. I do. I could make him, but I can't change his heart. I need God to do that. I want God to change your marriage. I've sat through too many counseling where pornography's destroyed a family. Stop it. Get it out of your home. Get off of social. If you can't control the hashtags, get off of Facebook, Instagram. Just get it out of your life. You don't need to. I told one dude one time, get a flip phone. You mean a flip? Yeah, a flip phone. Hello? It still works. But it'll guard your heart. Guard your heart. Number three, you got to protect and pursue perfect purity of the heart. I know some of you are thinking perfect purity. The pastor's impossible. And I hear you. I'll get to that in a moment. But I want you to pursue perfect purity. Anything less than perfect purity is Impurity. Anything less. Can I give you something that's a little crude that you won't think bad of me? Can I tell you because I'm just Southern and I don't really know any other way to say it? I probably should think of other ways to say it, but I don't know. <laughs> Can I do it? Is that okay, everybody? And you're not going to think less of me? Look at me. A little bit of poo goes a long way. Somebody really smart helped me think of a better way to say that, but 
The bottom line is, it don't take much to contaminate everything. Are you with me? If you've got a little baby's had a blowout, a little bit goes a long way in that car seat. Are y'all with me on this? You'll be finding it forever. You're thinking, what in the world? How did this happen? A little bit goes a long way. Look at me. A little bit of impurity in your family, in your life, in your children, in your marriage, it'll go a long way. How much poison, look at me, how much poison is too much poison? We live in a generation, and I'm not picking on anybody, I promise you I'm not. We live in this generation so concerned about impurities. We guard our deodorant from toxins. I got a friend who doesn't wear deodorant because it's going to give him breast cancer. And I'm like, bro, you ain't got to worry about breast cancer. You ain't got no friends because you stink. <laughs> we guard our food. We want organic. I want to know where it was raised. Cage-free chickens, chickens that roam around. Chickens are still nasty. I don't care where they roam around. Shampoo that doesn't cause cancer. Doesn't clean your hair either, but it doesn't cause cancer. Wheat crackers that have too much gluten in them. We got to make bread somehow without bread. We got to have toothpaste that won't rot our teeth. We got to have clothes made out of organic cotton that won't make us itchy, won't give us problems. Listen, we protect every area of our life, but a little bit of sex on the screen is no big deal. A little bit of cussing ain't that big of a deal. How much poison is too much? A little bit of sexual deviance. Ah, they're going to see it anyway. Really? How much is too much? At some point, you just got to say, I, I'm going to do everything I can to pursue perfect purity. And, and I know what you're thinking because this is what I'm thinking and I'm done. What if I get it wrong? Because I do. What if I get it wrong? Because we do. What, what, what if I'm sitting here today thinking, I don't know how this, uh, this, is, this is not good. Like I, maybe, maybe we've gone to, maybe we've adjusted too much. Let me give you what, I pray this prayer every day of my life. Every day of my life, I pray Psalm 51 and 10. What if we get it wrong? What, what, what if we do wrong? What, what, what do we do if I fall short as a family? You will, I will. Psalm 51 and 10 says, create in me a pure heart. God, renew a steadfast spirit inside of me. I pray it every day to God. I, I would encourage you to do the same. Matter of fact, take your family by the hand, bow your heads. If you're at church online, wherever you are today, in a car, on the couch, in the condo, on the beach, grab your family by the hand, bow your heads, pray this prayer, create in me a pure heart. God, create purity again in our family. God, we've fallen short, Brandy and I. God, in our family, we've adjusted to some stuff. God, we may have allowed some stuff in. Uh, we didn't mean for it to go that way. We really didn't even know it would be that bad. God, there's a little bit of impurity that has gone a long way. And I need, I want the blessing of the Lord on my life. God, your word says you would bless those that are pure in heart. So I just come to you again today with my mess ups, my shortcoming, where I've failed in this area. And I say, create in me a pure heart, God. Create in my family and Hazel and Henry, Brandy and I, purity in our home. Forgive us for the stuff we may have adjusted to. Our eyes have adjusted. Our hearts have adjusted. God, let there be purity in my home. Let there be purity in my family. God, bless my family. Father, I pray for every head bowed. Come on. I pray for the blessing of the Lord on families. God, the last three weeks, 
I know we've drawn some hard lines in the sand. I know it's been difficult preaching, but the world has an agenda and it seems to be getting worse. And there's a devil loose in the world today attacking the nuclear family, attacking moms, dads, husbands, wives, children, teenagers. It's after us. God, the world didn't create family. You did. So we just come back to God. We say, God, your idea is the right idea. Your way is the right way. Your plan's the right plan. I pray for families today that are broken, that may find themselves in trouble and they don't know how they really got there. God, give them a way out. God, you're a way maker where there doesn't seem to be a way, so I just pray for healing. God, I pray today is not a day of condemnation. It's conviction. It's that my heart's convicted. I, we, got, we got to get better. We got to do better. I, I need God's blessing in my family. Now your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, you can't have a good heart apart from Jesus. You can't have a pure heart without Jesus. So I never want to end a service without giving you a chance to give your whole life to the Lord. If you've never prayed this prayer, or maybe it's been a long time and you're ready to come home today, I can't pray it for you, but I can pray it with you. As a matter of fact, everybody in church is going to pray it with you today. Out loud, say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Some areas I've let get dark. Some sin I've allowed in. And I repent. Thank you for dying for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. So forgive me today. Save me today. Be the Lord of my life for the rest of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody shout a big amen. Amen. Do you receive the word of the Lord today, everybody? Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.